my life fades, the vision dims, all that remains are memories. I remember a time of chaos, ruined dreams, this wasted land. But most of all, I remember the road warrior, the man we called Max. This is Film Sack. Oh, sure. Hello, and welcome to Film Sack. Mining the very depths, depths, depths of film sack. Nope, a film uh, time. What is it? What do I usually say? Mining the very depths of very film entertainment depth. for all mankind. Good lord, <laughs> you did it. What happened there? It. Uh, film sack five sixty. I'm Scott Johnson, joined today by Brian. Some of you think this is better than Fury Road, and you'd be entirely wrong about that. Dunaway. <laughs> eh, you wouldn't be entirely wrong mm. unless you're around Scott. Oh, hi. <laughs> Hey guys, I'm calling from the post-apocalyptic future where gas is so scarce that in order to survive, I have dyed my hair blonde and traded into my blue jeans and a t-shirt, which apparently no longer exist, for leather. Not a whole lot of it, I might add. Oh, hi nipples. I guess I shouldn't complain, though. I think it was my assless chaps and flat boyish butt that first caught the eye of the lead mohawk-wearing biker warrior that I am currently riding with. Anywho, I'm just standing here in the wasteland looking off into the sky while a gang is attacking a high school auto shop class that is holed up in an old oil complex of some sort. I try not to get too involved in my boyfriend's business. He has a complicated relationship with his boss who is prone to making long speeches, getting my boyfriend and the gang all riled up. And you know that always ends with a round of nap-inducing headlocks from the boss, Mr. Mungus. Okay, well, I better get back to avoiding eye contact and staring off into the sky. That's a funny-looking frisbee. Oh, look, it's coming back. And now it's buried into my skull. Randy, carry me through the gates of Valhalla. Thanks, dude. Now stop looking at my butt. Uh, that's great. Well done. You focused on all the right parts. That's really, really yeah. good. Uh, also with us, Randy, way too much green plants in this movie, Jordan. Aloha, Scott, Brian, Brian, and all you other marauders. Thank you for coming to my Desert Post-Apoc wardrobe seminar. As you know, we're a tribe of anarcho-capitalist warrior people who survived the nuclear war that wiped out most of humanity and made the world a boundless desert. So we need to learn how to dress ourselves. You're going to survive the perils of life spent driving around and dodging aluminum crossbow bolts if you remember my three rules for your clothes. Number one. We dress to protect ourselves. Huge wooden shoulder pads are highly recommended. One of you should have a spike on your helmet, but only one of you. We can't have multiple tribesmen with a single spike on their helmet. No. Whoever calls it first gets it. The next person to put a ridiculous bit of weaponry on their getup has to come up with something visually different. Number two. <laughs> 
We dress to distinguish ourselves. This one is real simple. Our enemy tribe wears mostly black leathers, so we wear mostly white robes, okay? Even though we live in the same place and we face the same dangers they do. Okay, all right, you get it. Number three. Always be ready to attend the great fetish party in the lost city that's just over the horizon. You are not allowed to keep your fetish wear in your rucksack while you wear some coveralls for your daily duties. When I look at this tribe, I want to see ass cheeks and nipples. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good news. Good news, everybody. A lot of that. A lot of that. Also with us, Brian, we made him pull an old tree stump for Miles Ibbett. That's what made him mad. Yeah. <laughs> Give me your pump, the oil, the gasoline, and the whole compound, and I'll spare your lives. Just walk away. Look, I'm a reasonable man. You can tell by my outfit. It's yeah. like I was saying to some of my CrossFit buddies the other day, we're all just trying to make our way in the wasteland. <laughs> just trying to get by. You guys probably have a home and garden show to get to. Or maybe you want to head back to Portland. I don't know. But we want a refinery, and I want a place I can set up my CrossFit gear, maybe finish the last couple hours of that Beatles documentary, leave the refinery, walk away, and we'll give you safe passage through the wasteland. And maybe leave Baby Spice. Could you leave Baby Spice? Do you have any other Spice Girls in there? Uh... Maybe you could also leave the kid that looks like Chaka from Land of the Lost. But, but the rest of you, just walk away. Seriously, I have an endless supply of biker cop looking dudes I can throw at you all day if need be. And you don't want me to stick my assless chaps wearing Adamant lookalike at you, do you? No. So walk away, leave Baby Spice, leave Chaka, and maybe if you have a 50-gallon drum of sunscreen in there also, that'd be nice. Makes it hard for me to do my CrossFit if I'm sunburned. Oh, did one of you guys just ask what's CrossFit? No? No, I thought I heard you guys ask. Okay, anyway, just walk away. By the oh way, deepest cut ever, Chaka from Land of the Lost. No one right. knows that anymore but us, I swear. I got it. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Just 50-year-olds, yeah, just a bunch of 50-year-olds laughing at that joke. Yeah, they all think that one's great because we all saw that as kids. That's amazing. By all the right. way, that's the Tina joke, the, the uh, Chaka from really? Land of the Lost, yes. Oh, very nicely done, Tina. Good job, Tina. So yeah. I snuck that in there, and I've got to give her credit. Our We're fifth member of Filmstack. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I, would right. Like, yeah. I would like to go back in time and watch this with uh, Dennis. Miller when he was funny because mm, there's so many little things like <laughs> throughout this movie there's so many things where I'm just like ooh that feels like I could refer to some obscure thing you know from something yeah, you know right. what I mean it's mm. just like oh look at this little refinery headed up by Colonel Clink from yeah I never uh, I'm of the not to veer too far from the beginning of our discussion of the film The Road Warrior uh, or uh, as it was known in uh, Australia Mad Max 2 uh, and as it now is known, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. Uh, but I never thought that uh, he was very funny. I think he's not. Funny. Oh, really? He had a moment in the mid-90s. He definitely had a moment. I don't remember ever thinking this, it was all that great. Like his SNL time didn't never made me laugh. The, Just, the stars yeah. kind of aligned around his brand of humor for a moment. I mean, the guy got a HBO show. Yeah. He was doing, he was no, doing he, pretty he well. No, he clearly had. I, yeah. bought his, uh, I bought his book of rants because I thought he was, uh, he was funny. And I read those and still chuckled at him, even though uh, that, I'd heard him before. <laughs> But That's the definition is, is chuckle, is chuckle humor. It's not, it is you're chuckle not going to die humor. laughing. Yeah, no. absolutely. Yeah. And his, but his 
um, his kind of comedy, which is absolutely that here's a very obscure reference that you might get, um, for whatever reason really spoke to me. And I've, Think I you know kind of you know what it was that was, abused that myself. <laughs> it was it was the moment in time when uh, we had we had gotten into the technological age fully, but we didn't have Wikipedia yet. It was like this mm-hmm. brief this brief window of opportunity for for yeah, that to be right. funny because like we you had to think and and now like I'm sure that you could do that as a comedian and just look up weird crap you know yeah. so it'd be a lot easier to do it now and just <laughs> yeah. say all right uh, tell me let me let me look up something funny about people with uh, handlebar mustaches oh there's this guy great I'm gonna mention him in my bit yeah, yeah. and it's just not like that's it, the the effort is what I think we appreciated more than anything sure well may Dennis Miller find his way. Uh, in the future uh we watched the road warrior and i'm glad we did because in our haphazard sequely weird way we watch things sometimes we watched mad max then we watched uh thunderdome and now we're watching the second film which it was sandwiched between them and arguably uh, well i don't even think it's an argument it's the best of the original three movies by far Oh yeah, um, there's not and, even. And the introduction for most Americans into the Mad Max series that was usually the first one we. Wait, wait, wait. Are we are we saying two or three is the best? Two. I'm, I'm genu- two. No, two we're not saying best. it's the best. We're saying two is the best of the first three. <laughs> is what we're saying. But, okay, yeah. but okay, so fine, fine, fine. I'm just, such a funny qualifier, though. Yeah. I know, I know where you're going, but it's such a funny. Like, I just want to be clear. First three. That's not the fourth one. This yeah. is the best of the first three. That isn't the fourth. Yeah, because if you're counting the fourth one, Fury, Fury Road, then it's a whole different argument. A whole different world we're in and it's the best one of the greatest films ever made let alone the best mad max film but uh, thank you i'm glad we got that out i just i I want to like this is i think the point of watching these and talking about them because it looks to me like a lot of people think thunderdome is the best of the original movies and it's like i i'm curious to unpack that i can't I, i you know it just it, there's a lot there, you know what I mean? Like they're they're very different movies, is what I'm saying. There are cool, there are cool things. Movies. There are things in in Thunderdome that I think are rad concepts, but as a whole, I don't think that movie is anywhere near this. Like not even close. Thunderdome to Thunderdome is probably the most mainstream, certainly of the first three. Like it is the it is the most Hollywood feeling of the first three movies, whereas these first two, uh, uh, you know, Mad Max and Road Warrior, feel a lot more indie, a lot lower budget, a lot like, yeah, you know, we're scrambling to put these costumes together, not because this is what it would look like if they pop, put their costumes, put their their uh, their wasteland uniforms together, but this is pretty much all we could afford is like some scraps that we just like found and stitch this leather together and paint a, a hockey mask silver and stuff like that. <laughs> Right. At I mean, of, yeah. at the risk of sounding like I'm trying to Dennis Miller the the whole thing, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't help but think of the band Dream Theater and their the first three albums that anybody really heard. Uh, those albums were Images and Words, Awake, and Falling into Infinity, and that came out through the '90s. All the like the really serious musicians that I which, knew. Which really one of those albums had the like the 11 or 12 minute song? Oh wait, all of them did. All of them. Never all mind. of them did. But Falling into Infinity, the third one, w- had a bunch of singles on it. It had. It was like this. Uh, the entire album was put together for radio play, and there. So uh, uh, all of a sudden, there were people who loved Dream Theater based on that third album, Falling into Infinity, and the first two were the ones that were more like 
complicated or, or in, in some cases less complicated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it, and it's like, I just can't stop thinking about this because like there's an, a, there was a genuine argument when I was in college about whether you were a dream theater fan who liked their first two albums or one who had come along based on their third and then found their first two albums. You know that what is, I mean? That is a very, uh, that's a great comparison, right? Because yeah, the third one is like, Oh, let's see what we can do to make this appeal to a wider audience. We'll give, we'll give Mel, uh, Mel Gibson, maybe, I don't know, twice as many lines, three times as many lines in the third movie. Uh, we'll bring in a rock and roll star. We'll bring in some, some, you know, people that, uh, uh the Hollywood audience or, uh, American audiences would recognize. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll still have the car chase. We'll still have this. We'll still have that. But yeah, compared the jump from two to three wasn't just a clearly monetary jump. Like we had a bigger budget, but it was also a style change that wanted to make it a lot more mainstream and acceptable to, I, to I, I totally agree they also gave mel gibson a lot more words to say this this thing had and famously so road warrior has very few lines for the dude um i think it's a total of let's see i have it right here 16, 16, is 16 what I yeah which is nothing in, yeah, and two of yeah. them are i only came for the gasoline uh, so he got to say two of those twice or one of those he might twice. have he might have recorded that once and then they just dubbed it in the second time <laughs> there's a lot of adr in this actually this is true across the board all the way including fury road yeah. fury road has a ton of adr um and it's fine whatever george miller likes to do stuff in post and there's a there's a thing in this trivia here where he he edited the entirety of this himself and did it with the sound off so he could focus purely on the visuals of it and then later went back in and patched up audio and I think that's interesting and says a lot about his visual style and right. I think why the movie works so well uh, compared to Thunder or to Fury or uh, what's the, the Thunderdome? <laughs> Thunder Fury. Thunder Mad, Fury. Mad, Road Mad Home. Thunder Fury. Mad Thunder Fury. <laughs> you know yeah. the one. Uh, but yeah, like the <laughs> there's there's a certain um, what's the I don't even know how to describe this but there's a certain the way, visual the, language the that that one, guy uses the fifth one needs to be called warrior dome that's oh, what we need to, cool. to really complete the cycle the of weird warrior. names we know it's about yeah. we know it's a prequel about furiosa but we don't know what the name of that is do we they haven't said we do I was going to be called Furiosa if I had a guess eh, maybe yeah, probably just Furiosa that seems to be the trend no. do we feel like um Max is less mad like in the yeah. first movie, he's very mad, right? His, right? his family gets killed, he gets revenge, all that sort of thing. Does it feel like in this movie and and all the movies kind of past, he's like just he's resigned to the fact that he's stuck in this wasteland that this is. I don't the way think the it's world mad is. like angry mad. I think it's supposed to be mad he's like crazy? crazy mad. Yeah. Well, okay. Yes. I, you know yeah, what? Absolutely. I'm gonna I'm gonna totally. I see where it is coming from, and I think you're 100 percent right. He's he's not that crazy in these first movies. He's not crazy, and he's not angry. No, so. but in that, but in the fourth, he is very. The whole idea is he's chasing his brain. You know, his brain's always chasing him, and uh, his memories are after yeah. him. And the reason I know this, and this is the little Johnson tug I did at the top of the thing. <laughs> I watched Road Warrior last night, and was having so much fun getting ready for this oh, episode no. that I just went ahead and rolled into another watching of. Fury Road. Uh, of course. You oh, did. my God. Yeah. We've talked about this. I Don't know. Watch a movie. I know it's a bad idea. <laughs> but in this particular case, man, I enjoyed it. It was great. I really enjoyed watching yeah. that back to back. Back to back. What? Um, that's a really good point, because I, I feel like I am ready for another watching of Fury Road as soon as Tina's out of the room, because she'll. Yeah. <laughs> she's famously said that 
this was one of uh, Mad Max Fury Road would be a movie that she would have walked out of if I wasn't with her enjoying yeah. it. I she's she is one of two people in my life that I know who have said those exact words, and I yeah. cannot understand as much. I love <laughs> Tina. I think Tina is one of the great souls on this planet. My yeah. sister in law, who also says this, I think is a wonderful human being, and we share yeah. tons of things. I don't understand how you I could walk out on that movie. Like, I don't, I don't get know. It. Like I can understand not liking it. But to walk out of it, like that's that's something that I reserve for uh, almost the Beverly Hillbillies and certainly Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, oh and, yeah, uh, you were out of there for that one. And I can't imagine hating hating uh, that movie as much as as much as I hate it. And I I want to I want to put part two here right into this discussion because yeah. uh, there might have been a certain someone who was ready to walk out uh, pretty early in this movie uh, watching it last night. When she had to endure a like a very visible and obtusely portrayed rape scene. Oh, very rapey. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Didn't okay, like that. now that's a, and that's that's definitely a good point. I mean, that's a that's a hard scene to watch, even yeah. with an eighties. Right, it's forty years old. This is a forty-year-old movie. A fumbly eighties representation of a rape is just as imp- as hard to watch yeah. as yeah. the big budget horror shows that you get these days of like, oh man it's especially troublesome because we've spent so many years recently talking about how rape revenge as a trope is just not entertaining like Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. it's something that you can you can work your way into later right like once you get over the initial thing later on way down the movie you can start to feel the excitement of the revenge Mm -hmm. but that it you know it starts it starts with something that is not at all entertaining. Rape revenge. Yeah, yeah I and agree. It's hard to. I mean, they 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 definitely. You know, it's definitely. At, it's a point of. Oh man, this is the level of evil we're dealing with. So I'm going to have to Mad Max this. So I just. So I just want to say, like, good news. I guess there's. This is not a rape revenge fantasy at all. Like yeah. this movie. Yeah. This movie almost ignores it. I don't know if that's better or worse. Well, I don't know that really they ignore it. it. It acts as a flashpoint for Max to kick it in gear and and get down there and start, you know, causing, causing trouble, even though really it's about the gas for him for a long time still. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know, I think it does act as a bit of an impetus, but I don't, but I agree with you that it's, you know, it's kind of over as soon as it starts and it's not, there's no justice yep. for that poor lady or the guy that right. was with her that got the arrow in his chest. If, if anything, he seemed to get more remorse for his condition than, than she did. But of course they didn't see her. He didn't bring her back. Right. Right. Yeah. We, and we, and fortunately we don't see the rape on screen. We see, but it's, I think it's harder when you watch just the reaction of the gyrocopter. Yeah. Bruce Spence. Oh, I I think think it's worse. Yeah. I think it is worse. Right. Cause you're yeah. watching his expression of like, Oh, boobs. And then all of a sudden his face just changes to, Oh crap. What yeah. Do do? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, good. it's really gnarly. And it's funny because the, the series that's as gnarly as the series gets on either end. Like yeah. Mad Max, yeah. the first Mad Max didn't really have anything that, that gratuitous or that, um, I don't know, kind of shocking third one. Definitely didn't, as you were saying, it's much more mainstream and Fury Road is, they never even come close to stuff like that. I mean, they've got, you know, implications about Immortan yeah. Joe and, and these and these breeders but, he keeps and all that, but they don't, they don't get overt about it. And I don't know, it was a weird, it was a weird thing to see. It is. Is there any possibility that the feral kid grows up to be Immortan Joe? <laughs> no. Yes. No, I think, yes. no the really answer is that. no. I really want that in my, the, in my they, the reason it's no that. is because we, we just heard the guy. Yeah. This, my life. Yeah. That, that's him. 
That's that the guy. He says he goes to lead the Great Northern Tribe. It doesn't say that he say doesn't not. lead them with a big plastic thing on his face. And, right. and uh, well, the imp- the implication is well. So, okay, so a lot of people make a lot of a hay about like continuity in this in yeah. the series, and really the only continuity is there's a dude named Max, and he's not even the main. You think he's the main focus of the show, their movies, but he's not. He never has been. Right. Like even in the first one, he's not really what's the main focus of the thing is either other people or the world they inhabit. And then Max trying to make his way in there. And that's really it. And they've stayed consistent that way. But where they're not consistent is like tying this stuff together. Like there's no I don't think movie I don't think these sequels, for example, even the first three, they're very tenuous, tenuously sequels to each other. Like that max exists right. okay right. cool what else nothing nothing else there's no other it's a it's nothing a wasteland else carries over it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's is storytelling after a, a you know a, a terrible event right because then it's this all oral history and so it varies yeah yeah right? that's a great way of putting it it's almost like because the stories are always being told in this case through the feral kids adult uh retelling uh in fury road that story is being told uh, you know, almost in kind of a legend, uh, yeah. a legend yeah. kind of way. The first movie I feel like is a, you know, that kind of narrative style. They're all doing that. It's just, Hey, it, you know what we talked about before, Ibit, you and I on TMS, I think we were saying like seventies and eighties, um, James Bond movies are like this where one would end and the other one would start. Mm-hmm. And there was no connection between and the two. No continuity. Yeah, and just to, just yeah. imagine if you did this nowadays, people would scream about you retconning the story. Right. Oh, yeah. I well, mean, it would just be, it would be hated. You mean, wait, wait, wait. You mean uh, not having any continuity people would be screaming about? Well, I mean, that, that's what we literally would call this a retcon. We would like it because there's no connective tissue between the first and second movie, except the same actor plays the same (sighs) character. Would we though? I mean, I think there are movies where you kind of need that, right? We don't need that with James Bond. We don't need that with Mad Max, but you know, like Ocean's 11, we'd need, we'd need continuity. Like, oh, what happened to the Clamp this onto John Wick or Jack Reacher. Like, tell me that people wouldn't be. Well, yeah, no, of course. That's a different thing though. I, I, I'm not, and I, and I would actually argue that it is a dangerous, it's a dangerous, dangerous storytelling style to do it the way the Mad Max does it. Um, but also there's enough time between Thunderdome and Fury Road where you can get away with a lot. And there were still people saying, wait, is this a sequel? Is this a reboot? And my answer to that was it's neither. It's just what it always was. There just isn't Mill Gibson this time, but there's a guy named Max and here's the world at the time. And here's what he has to deal with and what people around him are dealing with. And that's the Mad Max pattern. Now they're going to really break with that pattern with Furiosa because that is them saying, Here's a story. Now we're going to go back and tell you how it all began. The many mothers bit the, you know, where she came from, all that. Like they're going to, they're going to actually do the opposite of what they usually do. And we'll see how that goes. I mean, I have full confidence in the greatest director of all time, so I'm not that worried, but, um, but yeah, like Scorsese doing the Furiosa movie. (laughs) No, I realize, I realize it's like that. calling him the best director is probably a little Francis Ford Coppola back from the dead. Well, he's made some stinkers. So, and I cannot think there's not a single that I know of, not a single George Miller stinker. I mean, Thunderdome's as close as you get, I think to stinker, right? He's done a lot of great Uh, things, including his segment, his segment on the twilight zone uh, movie was amazing. Did an amazing job. Babe 2 pig in the city. Was that his or Babe 2 pig in the city was a producer. But uh, but it was also good. Pig in the City is good. That's a good okay. movie. 
I haven't seen it. I've <laughs> those Babe okay, movies. Happy, happy Feet Two. Happy, happy Feet, Feet Two also a good movie. There's nothing wrong with Happy Feet Two. They're very different films than he's known for. But yeah. uh, I'm telling you, the guy doesn't make garbage. Anyway, the point is, I, don't, I forgot the point. What is the point? <laughs> the point is, I get really excited about his work. I guess yeah. and that's yeah. obvious. Uh, so directed by George Miller, written by him, of course. He also worked with his longtime partner Terry Hayes on the screenplay. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian Hannett. I don't know who that is. Also worked with uh, that dude. Mel Gibson in this. Bruce Spence. Michael Preston. I think Michael Preston's the blonde semi-leader. He's, right, he's yeah, the but, guy, the, the rugged leader of the... He's the guy who looks like a Michael Preston. Really. Yeah. I mean, he really does. He, does. <laughs> he looks like a guy who should be on an episode of... I don't know. What's the that answer? helicopter thing with uh, Ernest Borgnine? Something oh, like uh, Blue, <laughs> Blue no, no, the other one. Oh my God, you people! I hate you Just so much. Just imagine if there was <laughs> Airwolf. Airwolf. Imagine if there was a, a an Airwolf with a gyrocopter instead. That would be so fun. Yeah, but I love Bruce Spence. He's great. You know. Yeah, I oh, think Bruce Spence was amazing. It's a little weird that he's in the he's in Thunderdome also as a totally different character. But and he, um, and he yeah. has way more lines than Mel Gibson. Like. Oh, by he far. It's, He's a yeah. talker. Yeah, it's very yeah. interesting. Aside to from me. the feral kid, everybody has more lines than Mel Gibson. He's a kajunka. It was a really, it was a kajunka. It was, it was really <laughs> something, man. <laughs> No, but I remember. I remember when, when he was having his uh, rememberies. He's like, uh, "Remember lingerie? Oh, lingerie! Yeah, ooh, lingerie!" While he's walking around his yellow under things and oh, looking God. looking goofy yeah. as hell. Yeah. He's just a weird looking dude. And didn't we just see him in one of the Matrixes? Yes, the third or second. He's he's the oh, one with all yeah, the watches. He's the train operator. That- yeah, yeah, with the watches all over his arm. Oh, right. Yeah, was that yeah. him? Yeah, yeah was that's him, totally him. him. Yeah. Um, I love that guy. I could see him. He's a weird, googly-looking weirdo, and it's great to see him. Yeah, in movies, and I, I so. always, I always like it when an actor and a director commit to something like the dental appliance that he was wearing. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I realize it's gross. It's hard to look at. Yeah. but man, you gotta really be committed to that. Like you're, you're gonna. This is your movie. You're in a movie, and you're gonna look that bad. You go for it, dude. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's great. You put him in all your Australian projects, that's the rule. Uh, <laughs> if you're going to put a guy, you need a big tall googly guy in your Australian movie, Mike Mike Pence, sorry, Bruce P- Spence. Is <laughs> 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 your guy. Get that guy. Um we keep referring to this as the Road Warrior because when we were growing up and this movie happened in 1980 and we were all like 10 or I was 10, I think, 9 or 10 whatever it was, uh, it was called The Road Warrior here in North America distribution because at the time, the original Mad Max from 79 just barely made it over here, like really small yeah. distribution. No one knew what it was, and they were like, well, if you're going to call this Mad Max 2, it's going to throw people. So instead, let's just call it The Road Warrior, which I think was the right idea at the time. And then yeah. uh, it became a giant hit. And you didn't need to see the first one to no, watch Road Warrior. No, no, not at all. No, no. it was better because I went back after Road Warrior's first one, like many people, first one that I saw. And then I went back and watched Mad Max and just thought was so disappointed in how right. oh, this isn't this isn't what I wanted. This is not like the Road Warrior. Quickly. Yeah, it's right. pretty low rent and weird. And, and they didn't really know what they quite wanted with that movie. I mean, we watched it here and talked about it. But yeah, and I and I recall, uh, you know, this was only like a year ago that we watched this, right? Yeah, I recall thinking as an adult now, that's eh, a pretty good movie. Like, like for all the things that it faced, the first one being made on a shoestring budget 
out in the middle of nowhere. There was not an Aussie film industry. This was like a, they were like an outpost of the UK film industry. And like, I remember thinking, yeah, this is actually, you're, you're right. The script like never figured out what it meant to do, but it was not a bad movie. I enjoyed watching it. And I felt that I felt a lot of the same with this one, like that it had, you know what I mean? Like that it, it, this one at least had a place to go, right? Like there was a, there was an overall plot. It just, it that. just felt like the, the, co- the, the plot was, or the, the concept was coalescing in this one. He knew, he knew much more about what he wanted to do. And there's a couple of visual things here that I had not noticed, which is why I went right on to Fury Road, by the way. This is the other reason there was science. I was doing science. Uh-huh. Uh, the, nice. there are a couple of visuals like two dudes strapped to the front of the car all the time is very much like the blood bag situation for Max and Fury Road gets uh-huh. strapped to the front of a car and can't do anything about it. Uh, there was the fizzling out of his shotgun right when he needed it most. Mm-hmm. And they reproduced that almost exactly in Fury Road. No one remembers it, but I but I saw it last night. I went, oh my gosh, they, they recreated the fizzling shotgun, which I assume many would see as a callback, but I missed it like the 50 times I've seen the movie. Yeah. Um, and it, I... I- I, I just want to continue your thought here. By far, for me, by far the most repetitive thing in Fury Road from this particular movie is the notion that you're driving a big rig and people are attacking you one by one, and the driver of the big rig is your main character, and he's trying to survive to get the thing further down the road. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it felt. I'm, I'm not saying there was like a shot for shot mimicry but it was it was very it very much felt like fury road oh fury road kind of used that entire notion well and so did, a lot of the uh, same stuff thunderdome as well i mean i feel like that is a if you sign up to watch a a, a, a mad max movie and i hope furiosa has this as well it better end with one of these across the desert car chases where you've got a tank and then you got a bunch of little little uh buzzards uh, attacking the tank of, you know, DPS. You got DPS, yeah. range DPS. Yes, range DPS and uh, close-up melee DPS, but nothing quite as big as the tank that is just slowly going across the... Right, and uh, none of them have spent any time preparing for how easy, easily you could take the thing off the road. They're all going to try to attack it with their hands and their and their little hand weapons and stuff. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, the, just idiots in this one, though. Like, the, yeah. uh, you know, standing up on, on top of that thing, not having any sort of cover. Like, you build some cover up there so that you can go back and forth <laughs> with your uh, crossbow and, and take people out. Yeah. Uh, Wait, the those, dude who- those turrets had 22 spikes each. That's cover. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, but the, the, the dude who gets the uh, the That's grappling true. hook in his leg that ends up pulling the whole back end of that thing off, and uh, yeah, it just seems like there are, there are some ways they could have prepared for that. Yeah, that, let's, uh, that is well, true, but those are some great stunts, man. Some yes. cool oh, stunts, they are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I don't, I still don't know how they did the one with the guy getting pulled off by the grappling hook because it really, I really thought that was a guy in that stunt, and I, I know my, my brain knows, oh no, that was a mannequin, but. Man, it really looked like that dude. Oh yeah, the, for sure. Uh, the trivia talks about the one stunt with the. It was one of the. It was one of the myriad of uh, biker cop looking dudes. Is you know one of the chips, right. uh, who is on top of the back of the car while the other chips dude is driving the car, and it hits the dirt and the or no the the guy 
when it hits something low and the guy kind of somersaults or uh, yes. cartwheels Flips. off of that thing. Yeah, that was real, yeah, right? That actually was a real dude, and he really broke his leg. And apparently, if you yeah. slow yeah. the, the uh, video down and go frame by frame, you can see the moment that his leg bends in an unnatural oh, way. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I kind of want to yeah. go back. That's now. the trailer. Ooh, it was rough. Mm, oh, is, is that trailer, is it yeah. in the trailer? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. You really chronicle that guy's injury on set by yeah. putting in the trailer. Cool. Yeah, I, you know, they were willing to do a lot of crazy stuff. The thing about the first movie yeah. was it was such punk rock filmmaking because they were taking roads that they weren't supposed to, they didn't have a license to use and they were doing it at night when no one was around and they'd say, all right, where are the cops? Okay, go, film, film, film. And then, you know, go back, <laughs> which is a really great thing. Now, this is obviously they're not held to those standards. The budget's like three times as much as it was before and all that. But you still sometimes in his movies feel that that punk rock guerrilla filmmaker stuff. Yeah. And I love that. There's a visceralness to it. And when I when I read that about that being a real stunt, I just thought, well, that guy, I hope he's all right. Wherever he is now, are you okay? Because good Lord, dude, <laughs> your whole body flipped like a like a burger oh, in the sky. It was rough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I don't know how he did that. but Like a baton at a. Things like get a like a baton at a Thanksgiving Day parade. Cha -cha. <laughs> See, there you go. Got a little of that old Dennis Miller coming out. It's pretty good. Yep. Uh, he, I uh, was going to say, uh, the budget for the film we talked about for a second, so I'll just mention this. It was actually ten times larger than the predecessor, and at the time, the biggest uh, Australian budgeted film of all time uh, held that record for a while. So they spent a bunch and of money. Yeah, I, I asked myself this question over and over watching this because it's a desert. It like uh, and 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 it looks like a desert. It looks like it could have been filmed on any continent. It's not a and great so desert, just, though. It's the great desert they saved for four. This desert is yes. got roads in it still, and I know you need to be a warrior on your road, but it's way too paved. There's too many bushes that are still green. This is not wastelandy enough for me in retrospect. Yeah, but that's yeah. what and that's what I was gonna say. It it like you got to film where you got to film. I, I mean, it's basically the the lesson here all right like you're mm -hmm. you, you, it doesn't matter if you have 10 times the budget you can't you know do your production in south america or wherever you might find a prettier desert is what i'm saying yeah. it's just you got to go where you got to go this was you know uh uh what is this new south wales i i forget already but uh, like so, yeah. it clearly clearly you know like the budget was spent on all of the things that they wanted to see you they wanted you to see on top of the desert right that's where the budget is the, like we, we take the backdrop we don't spend any money finding that we spend all of our money constructing these cars and the way that we're going to do the stunts and the people in the wardrobes and so on and so that's where the money went in this movie right yeah yeah and i was just looking it up you're right about the south wales stuff uh new south wales and then the the new film fury road was filmed in the Nibit, or namib desert in nambia or Nambimbia, however you say right, that. So they went to Africa. <clears throat> so they went somewhere with like a real desert with like the roads are shit and there's none. Yeah. They don't exist anymore. It's just like a carved bit of sand where people have been. And man, that really took over my imagination as, as the setting. And so going back to this is actually a little hard for me because it just looks like <laughs> roads. And, I, I, and I, I said something I think that's a little debatable. So I want to argue with myself. You you can't just film any old desert for your desert movie, right? Like, like uh, uh, episode four, A New Hope, right? You, that like that was a very specific place that, uh, you know, that the, this great yeah, film. Yeah, they went had. to an alien planet, Tatooine. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah exactly. Where was that? T Tunisia? They filmed that. Tunisia. Or? Tunisia. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, they um, didn't. They didn't just go out to Palm Springs and turn the camera away. Well, from and you town. can't. And there's, you know, there's some deserts you just can't drive on because the sand gives way yeah. too much, and you just basically spend the entire time digging your vehicles out. Yeah, so yeah. you've got to find, you've got to find something that's as close to roads, but not roads. That's all desert. Yeah, like really firm, packed dirt. Yeah, kind of thing. hard to find dirt. You know, that's <laughs> not an easy sand. thing to to track down. Hard packed sand. <laughs> the dude who plays what's his name in this? What? Not Wes. Uh, hold on. Wes. 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 You're talking about the adamant lookalike with the assless chaps in the tail. Yes, Vernon Wales. That guy. Yeah. Uh, Wells rather. He is. This is. I find him so fascinating because in this, I think he is one of the coolest looking dudes. And also has like this face that can be crazy and angry oh. and then sad and then enraged and then and then smart and then funny. And then I don't know. He's just really interesting character. And when I see photos of that that guy any other time, I think he looks weird. Like this picture you put in here of him and Arnie. I don't I don't even don't even recognize him hardly in that. Yeah, I, I really yeah. feel like it bears repeating. This is a 40 year old movie. And back then, a guy with a red mohawk was very, very entertaining to us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. I mean, but I, like just that photo in the 80s, I assume that's when that's taken with Vernon Wells there. He just doesn't look right. Like, I, no, no, does not look like the same. Are, are you dude. talking about the one with uh, Schwarzenegger? Yeah. He was in Commando. Yeah. <laughs> so he was in Commando. Yeah. I love that picture because uh, Schwarzenegger has taken the high ground. These are both big big burly men and Schwarzenegger has taken the high shoulder grab and yeah. then he's trying to reach under, you know, massive Schwarzenegger right. Right. armpit, you know, and so he's, he's like making this face. Yeah. yeah. And, and just to be really clear, Vernon Wells, who played the red Mohawk guy in this movie yeah. was the bad guy in commando. The one with the chain mail yes. on, right? Right, right, he's right, right, the right. bad guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cheesy mustache. And, and he's in yeah. tons of stuff. Most of which, he wears a mustache. Old stuff a before mustache. this stuff, uh, whatever. But in this one, they shaved it, and I thought, and I kept thinking, you just keep it off. You look good. Yeah, you look yeah. good for sure. For you, sure. you don't it's, need it. <laughs> what's What's crazy about him is he's he's humongous's uh, lap dog. Yeah. Yet yeah. he's he's absolutely the bad guy. Of the film. Uh, humongous is you know menacing and this leader, and he's uh, swole, and he's you know. Yeah. Uh, He's out there. He gets taken out just by just by ramming him head on. You never. Yeah. There's no fight scene with Humongous. He's a talker yeah. and then he's a crasher. Whereas Wes is out there fighting. He's climbing around. He's he's pole vaulting. He's doing which, the work. Yeah. He's doing the work. Like yeah. he's pole vaulting, which I think was another uh, little connection that I had between that and Fury Road, where the uh, the war boys on top of the poles when you know yeah. Wes is uh, pole vaulting out of. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, I didn't think refinery. of that. Refinery. Yeah, that's a good point. It's there's there are a few things like that where you're like, oh, he revisits that. Okay, but oh, yeah. I never noticed yeah. it before. It's kind of interesting. I, I mean, I just want to point out that Humongous does kill Papagallo. Like that is like, like yeah. he's he per- personally, you know. Oh, he's a douchebag. In- yeah. Incredible yeah. kill. He's, he's the, just like, from he, a from a long shot, like from a shot away. It's a yeah, little like this. Is, it's it's like this. Uh, so again, having the benefit of watching Fury Road after this, Rictus is like your Wes in that movie. Rictus being the son of Immortan Joe, yeah. and then Immortan Joe yeah. is like your your humongous. Now, yes, the biggest right. difference here is in this case they give Immortan Joe actual shit to do, <laughs> and so he still feels like the boss. 
and Rictus still feels like the mini boss. This other thing that just got blurred because Wes yeah. was so upfront and and so in the fights all the time, it made him feel like the ultimate bad. And yeah, so he's, it was he's, he's more the face of that gang than uh, <laughs> than Humongous. Yeah, and Humongous is and, great because Josh Walker away and all that stuff's just great. You know, it's amazing, but yeah, it's yeah. it's also just like, dude, go back to your weird, you know, YMCA singing karaoke bar and, <laughs> well yeah like, humongous is uh, humongous is also by far the best imdb photo of the week here oh really uh, i was gonna give it to the smoke. kid the kid's got a wackadoo face but anyway let's oh, see. really played, yeah. played by a swedish a big swedish bodybuilder named kajel nilsson and uh oh, it's yeah. just amazing <laughs> look at that guy it's just it's just amazing <laughs> yeah. you think you know that's that's possibly the the least likely outfit you'd have in a wasteland where it's <laughs> hot and sunny and you're just going to get burned every freaking day. Yeah. But you're going to get laid every day. So yeah, that's kind of in theory. Yeah. Well, you well, well, never see, you see a bunch of other people. Uh, you see some, a couple getting it on under a blanket. Oh yeah, somewhere. that's right. That guy was a dirty looking uh, hobo and she was really clean and normal. And I thought that was weird. Just a little bit weird. And, People weren't yeah, dirty enough I mean, in this movie, in my opinion. I also want to. I just want to insist that you check your brain at the door on this whole, whole living in the desert thing, because if you don't, you're going to spend the entire movie thinking about water. Where are they getting enough water to live? It takes gallons of water for each person every day. Where's the water tanks? Like, just don't. That, like, leave that all out of your thinking. Like, the fetish wear is supposed to. It's supposed to look cool. That's yeah. it. It's supposed to look yeah, cool. Doesn't yeah, make okay. sense. One of the one of the great strengths of Fury Road is they have an answer to your water question, and they make it. They give it the scarcity it deserves in that. And Morton Joe is hoarding it, and he's only letting out so much occasionally for the people just to barely keep them alive. And you know they at least address it. But you're right, in Road Warrior, they don't talk about it. Like it's just water somehow there, food too. I guess he's got Dinky Donut or uh, Dinky Donuts, Dinky D um, dog <laughs> food. D. Which reminds me, mm, so I played I played to completion and loved every second of it, the Mad Max video game that came out in 2015. It's really good. Um, and it's so, it is so Road Warrior uh, reminiscent in terms of a bunch of its references. Like the clothes you wear are very much the, the, the Mel Gibson uh, get up, his shotgun, all that sort of stuff. It's set in the um, Morton Joe universe timeline where his other son, we don't see in the movie, his name is... Uh, uh, not Erectus. What is it? It's something gross. Scrotus. There you go. Scrotus. There you go. Scrotus. Scrotus, his brother. Anyway, it's Rictus, his brother. But anyway, he he um he eats. Whenever you find a uh, a little place where there's food to eat to replenish your health, it's a little can of that same dog food with like the logo and everything. That's <laughs> great. It's great. It's great. Little is reference. that is that what gross got out the most? By the way, because I know it really wasn't dog food. But it certainly didn't look like it's something you'd want to eat, even pretending it's dog food. I didn't. It didn't gross me out. The the thing that grossed me out, if we don't count the really awful early sort of implied rape stuff, the thing that grossed me out the most was probably any time Bruce Spence talked closely to anyone's face. (laughs) Because I, you know, there's just a death rat in his mouth. Oh, he's got like snake breath, like uh, barbecued snake breath. I'll bet IRL, because, you know, like on movie sets, uh, the actors that have to do all the close talking and everyone around them are like given Altoids all day, every day. Uh, I'll bet you IRL it was okay. I'll bet you they, you know, they took a little trouble to make sure that all the breath was. was, Oh, yeah. I always, I assume everybody on sets when they do that. Anybody got another icebreaker? (laughs) I'll take another icebreaker. Yeah. I'm sure there's some, I'm sure there's some story though, like 
just take any Hollywood movie and like, hey, when I made out with Brad Pitt, he had just had, you know, uh, I don't know, garlic onion logs. burger, yeah, An onion, onion burgers, burger. and and I had to make out with Brad Pitt, and he didn't brush his teeth because he's kind of gross, and Oof. you know those stories exist, but yeah, yeah, for the most part, I'm sure professional, a professional courtesy at the very least is to give Bruce Spence an Altoid. <laughs> because <laughs> that guy looks like he could breathe your face off and i don't like it no sir i don't uh all right let's move so the dog the dog food b- bugged me a little bit and again check your brain at the door on this mm. don't think about it too much but i still i still had th- where'd that come from where is there a, is there a factory in this part of the world that's canning dog food and putting a nice label on it what why would you put a nice label on it oh well it needs to go to a grocery store so there's a grocery store somewhere are we gonna like can we and, and, and again, that's where my brain just goes. No, nope, oh, not going like to think about it. Yeah, you're overthinking it because this is this is the last food left because he's having to eat that, right? Like you're well, you're finding yourself going to like a a grocery store that's been picked over for ten years, and the last thing in there is the canned dog food that nobody needs. Yeah. Which is the postman thing, right? Where you're you're saying it's it's stuff that has been lingering for decades. It's way expired, you know, like. And I mean, okay, but then that, my brain is still pondering that. How long after the nuclear apocalypse is this really? And so I just have to stop it and go, no, I am not going to think about this. You gotta, I gotta enjoy this movie and not go through the. You know, right. I, I the, the assumption there is that he's the only one with a he a he's the only one with the dog food. No one's giving it to him. He's just this is his stash, and who knows where he got it. Last time he raided someplace and found some old dog food, yeah. and and he was good to go. That dog that he's with if i miss anything in fury road it's the dog companion or thunderdome for that matter i think well, the dog for the is the second half of the film i think mad max misses his dog companion too. <laughs> yeah man and, that and, is uh, that's a know, trope right the dog gets killed now i want revenge yeah. if if there's a dog in a movie the dog gets killed I, yeah. you know this, this is a, this is a rule that i've said i've said out loud Child so many too. times yeah. and uh, uh recently <laughs> watched one of those dogs purpose movies Oh, oh why would you do that? It was the holidays. Hold on, what's a dog's what's a dog's purpose? Oh, you don't watch those guys. Oh, this is like the dog disappears, but the the whole the family goes looking for him. They spend their whole life, but meanwhile, that dog finds another family. He helps this one by, uh, I don't know, building a well for them, and then he helps this other family by reuniting them with their long lost aunt, and then he goes over to this other family and saves a kid's life is in the that ice. Right? i've never even heard of this this is all yeah, news to me. dogs i think the first one is called a dog's journey and then this one's called a dog's purpose and it's a dennis quaid sequel oh and, and beautiful uh, movies they're, okay. they are they are beautiful movies but i'm telling you i came into this uh, saying to my family you know it's a dog movie the dog's gonna die and right. then boy <laughs> was dogs do boy was i wrong the dog didn't just die the dog dies seven times in this yeah. movie whoa yeah. i'm not kidding you it what? dies Wait a minute. seven yeah. yeah times they're not they're not known for having seven lives tell me how that worked how did they die seven it's, times it's i i really don't, I don't know that we need right. to get into it any further <laughs> like, give, us, give us what happens before he gets shot with the crossbow from uh chips extra number five <laughs> It's like the idea of reincarnation, right? It is. It's like, it's, it is just, keeps just rolling over. Idea. It is reincarnation. The dog keeps yeah. getting reincarnated into a, a, a different puppy's body. Really? And then it has to find Dennis Quaid's family and yeah. somehow interact with them. Oh, in you're talking, that, I don't know why I'm thinking you're still talking about the dog in Road Warrior. You're still talking about the dog's purpose. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 
Yeah, the dog in Road Warrior is just dead. He's just, yeah, dead. He's just dead. Okay, good. All right. Yeah. He got, uh, that's, I was trying to figure he's out dead. how he came back now to he's life dog food. Times. Yeah. Right. By the way, he was simply called Dog in real life and in the game, or game, in the movie. Uh, and he was obtained from a local dog pound that trained uh, the dog to perform in the film because the sound of the in- engines upset the dog so much. And in one incident caused him to relieve himself in the car. Uh, he was fitted they, with special earplugs, it says. So that's pretty interesting. This was Australia during the early 80s. And I'm almost sure there was nobody on set taking care of that dog. I, it was it looked like a wild dog that was just, oh, yeah. you know. They loved him, yeah. but they, you know, yeah. there was no handler. Yeah, no I'm handler. There was a dog handler. That dog had to do real careful work. Yeah, his name was, was Mel Gibson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mel Gibson, the dog handler. Yeah, we. He, yeah, they for sure had to train that dog to like sit there with a bone in his mouth and look directly at Bruce Spence and, you know. And yeah, he's one of those uh, blue healers, right? Blue healer. Yeah. Yeah. And I always think we those always are weird because I always think, oh, those aren't blue, but they kind of are blue. It's weird. They have a yeah. blue tinge. Yeah. We used to have one and we named it. Oh, well, it's a better name than Dog. Uh, Bluey. I think we called him Dingo, even though he wasn't a Dingo. We called him Dingo. Oh, you should call him Dingo. I just, I just want to update our, our words. Uh, blue. What we used to call Blue Healers are now called Australian Cattle Dogs. Oh, yeah, is that and, true? I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 I thought those were the I don't know, Australian Shepherds are the black and white ones. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Uh, and I'm just, I just want to say I am so glad that the, the dog breed is endemic to Australia. I, I've, there's just something about seeing this Australian cattle dog in this movie that just made me feel good yeah. about Australia in a way that like a German Shepherd or a French Bulldog would not have done. That would have been out of place. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. This yeah. is 100% the dog you need to see in a Mad Max film. Like, right. Or Australian movie at all. <laughs> like, they only have one dog, damn it. They, they only need to have the one kind of dog, and that's it. But I just, I don't know. I miss the dog as a, as a trope in the, in the even in Fury Road. I wish there would have been a dog. But I guess Nux is kind of a dog. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that, movie's, that movie's got yeah. it's a lot of secondary stuff, so maybe it would have been in the way. But um, it's interesting. Another uh, tidbit that I thought I had no idea was uh, the case. George Miller met with John Seal who is uh, now a very famous cinematographer, but ended up giving the job to somebody named Dean Simler. Uh, Seal would then join him, though, for Fury Road. And, and I would argue Fury Road hinges on a couple of really key things. One is the soundtrack, and the other is the cinematography. And uh, that's the guy you tie your sail to, uh, this John Seal fella. Because he's, ooh, man, I'm telling you, I'm watching ooh, that. He's, ooh. watching that last night, and it <laughs> looks so good. It's such yeah. a good-looking film. Gosh dang it. Like, beautiful thing. Oh, here's the other thing. I don't know when George Miller figured it out, but back in the day, in this movie and in the previous and in Thunderdome, when he would speed up film to create mm-hmm. frenetic action, it always right. felt sped up. Like, oh, yeah. you've just sped that film up. Nice job. I can kind of tell, and I don't like it or whatever. In Fury Road, he achieves a similar thing without it feeling sped up. It's hard for me to explain what yeah. he did. It's some tech. I don't know what yeah, it it's is. Hyper, it's hyperlapse. It's it's software. It's cool. It is yeah. a really cool effect. Yeah, because yeah. it it feels it disjoint like dis discordant enough to like put you on edge while you're watching. Like, oh, what's going on? Yeah, not just simply we, sped uh, up, which is a oh. big. Oh. <laughs> can That's we, the sound I made. Oh. Right. Oh. <laughs> can we agree? Can we agree that the fast mo in this movie is the worst thing about it? It's pretty. Think, yeah, it's pretty, pretty not rough. great. Yeah. Uh, when they when they yeah. don't when they don't. I mean, some of the stunts are better served slow. I, I don't know. 
I don't know. I, there are some stunts in this movie that really blew my, my mind, especially at the time and even now. But there are some where I'm like, oh, you just keystone cops your way around that corner. Yeah. Like, I, and I want to say not all the fast mo is bad in this movie. There are times when I'm like, oh, I can see a creative choice being made to have the gyrocopter flying by at a, at ludicrous speed. Mm-hmm. And it actually feels like, the, oh, yeah, that's how you might see it in the in the heat yeah. of battle, you might look up and see it and it might seem to you like it looks like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a artistic thing there. Yeah. But so, when it's just vehicles driving way faster than they could possibly drive in real life. Eh, yeah. Throws me off. All right. Here's a dumb question. And I've tried looking this up. Did that, that gyrocopter really flew, right? Like that was a real. Yeah. My brother yeah, has one of those down in like, Arizona. It does not look like it could fly. <laughs> right. It doesn't, <laughs> does it? The ground. Yeah. My brother. It really crashed. Especially I, with two people on it. Well, that was that, you know, when it crashed, I thought, all right, got dropped by a crane. Perfect. Easy. That's it. That's how you do that scene. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, uh, having that thing in the air. It does not look like it's strong enough to hold people, and it does look like the blade goes fast <laughs> enough to get it up in the air. My brother Mark down in Arizona has one of these, and they uh-huh. they haven't outlawed it in where he lives. In a lot of parts of Arizona, you can't fly these anymore because they're kind of dangerous. But he's he's yeah. in one of these like every other day, and it's wow. they're it's legit. But they scare the shit and out of he me. He actually has something that looks like this, or is it an ultralight? No, I've it's seen ultralights. And- it's like this, but it has. Um, I mean, it's obviously it's newer and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, but it looks, Street it looks legal, a lot like so this. Speak. Yeah. And he can only, yeah. but he can only, can he fit himself or no, he can fit himself and then a young person in there. So he wanted to take like a kid with him. He could okay. <laughs> kidnap a kid. <laughs> <and take> him. <laughs> <laughs> kidnap kid. <laughs> He could land room for a young person. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, this, and that's the other thing this movie told me, taught me was that a little air power goes a long way. Oh yeah. In your fight, you know, like him passing over dudes and dropping stuff. They didn't do that in the new movie. They just had those motorcycle guys that were basically jumping from Canyon to Canyon and dropping grenades into the truck from there, which is similar. But I just, I just kept thinking, man, a little more air power in this world. And, Whoever has that is, is Lord. He's, he's right. He is one, like, he saves the day a bunch of times with that because it's uh, uh, dude's about to shoot uh, Max or somebody when uh, gyrocopter dude drops a uh, uh, bunch of firebombs on him. He, he goes out and he gets Max after the crash, mm-hmm. you know, pulling himself along the desert with. Yeah, I loved it when, he, like, when they're flying Max, just Max's head over top oh, of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like, like oh, could you do something to support his head? Because that's gonna, <laughs> right. Like my you neck could, hurts just watching you that. Could, you could tell a lot of care was put into that shot. Like the yeah. fact that the shot came out so long lets yeah. you know that somebody real thought it was really important, right? Yeah. And they probably thought it was really important because it took them weeks to set it up. Like, yeah, the the it's just it's just remarkable. And again, forty year old movie nowadays, you don't even think twice about how this would be done in a studio using computer graphics, but man, someone put Mel Gibson on the side of a helicopter and found a way to make a camera work with, you know, with the helicopter, not like jittering the camera into pieces mm-hmm. and all of it, everything about mm-hmm. it. It's just, yeah. it's that, just a remarkable. Sequence. That reminded me of mash for some reason. Uh, uh, of, of course. The, yeah. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. Anytime, anytime you watch mash, you're always, fa- you know, just fascinated by the fact that they strap dudes to the outside of little tiny helicopters. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Little body length, uh, whatever those were called. Uh, and then, yeah, that was actually really effective and I don't remember it very much from my, all my other viewings of this movie, but that really stuck out this time. 
a lot of stuff like that, like artistic choices I just didn't pay attention to uh, really popped for me. Some of them didn't work for me, though. Like, I think the gas community's clothes were really bad. They looked like a bunch of Uncle Owens and Star Wars and... Yeah. Hell, hell the movie even had wipes i have some music that sounds like star wars there oh was really a lot of, oh yeah <laughs> i didn't even yeah. catch it i think there was a lot of that going on like uh, some inspiration from uh, sort of the tattooing-esque and well i'm yeah. totally fine with that but like for example the um J- james cameron claims one of his chief inspirations for the first terminator was this movie like this is the one that put him over the top he's like oh i'm making terminator was, I'm, I'm going for it and i don't know exactly how or why except you know relentless enemy i guess i don't know yeah I'm, i guess it i can kind of see it it is an odd thing to because you don't really see any connection between the two like i could say i could see more inspiration in terminator 2 than i do in in one the yeah. original terminator yeah, yeah. i could I, I i agree with that um but also just this just those people were too clean they they look like uncle yeah. owen out just checking on moisture evaporators and I don't know. And then the scene would wipe, and I just kind of went, "Is George Lucas going to sue these guys for look, <laughs> looking like you know?" They could, I don't know that. Maybe it's just because they're so damn grimy in the new one. Everyone's yeah. gross, like just grimy, dirty, sweaty, oily. No one smells good. Like the new movie's yeah. really you know clear about that. Except maybe the wives, the the breeder wives, are all very pretty and clean, but. But man, there, there are some other things, some other properties that reference this movie very specifically, like mm. where the creators have said, oh, you know, we were thinking of Mad Max too. Um, the author of uh, Philip Reeve, uh, yeah. who wrote Mortal Engines, yeah. said that Mortal Engines is basically in the same universe. Mm. Uh, the um, uh, the movie Escape from New York. Mm. The, uh, uh, one, one of their filmmakers said that that was uh, heavily influenced by Mad Max too. And then, of course, the thing that made me think of Scott Johnson, uh, David Twohey, who co-wrote Waterworld, said oh. that Mad Max Two was a major influence on that film. Oh, it had to oh, be. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That uh, you felt that in that movie. I mean, that's it's it's Mad Max on water. It always you know always it really was. is. Yeah. Uh, this is interesting. With- I, I didn't know this was even announced. So the Furiosa movie is titled Furiosa and is coming out in 2024. These also, they've also announced Mad Max The Wasteland. I don't know what this is. Uh, hmm. Says here, Tom Hardy coming back. But no, no, wait, wait, wait. Mad Max of the Wasteland is a short film from like 10 years ago. It's this is a under announced and no release date and in so, current early pre-production is what this says. So maybe a remake of that. Maybe. I don't know. I'm all in, though. Whatever. Make what you got to make. I'll sit here and watch it all over and over and over. I love it. Mm-hmm. This stuff's so, so much fun. I freaking that's the other thing is there's just a there's a outside again of the weird rape stuff. Uh, which I don't think the movie needed. Um, it's just, there's no. something fun about it. Just boil society down to, I need what you have. We yeah, like what we right. have. Go. And it, and some people see that as really depressing and like dark and whatever, but not me. <laughs> it simplifies things. It's like not complicated. You need the gas or the water or whatever rare, rare scarcity thing you got. Or Morton Joe needs his wives because if he doesn't have them, he won't have a proper son because Rictus is an idiot and the other little guy's all shriveled up and he can't have a normal kid. <laughs> like there's just something simple about it. And simplicity, yeah. simplicity with this kind of action is just, I guess it's my jam. Oh, is that the feral kid now, Brian? Holy crap. That is the feral kid yeah. now. Looks exactly uh, like him, right? It, it does. does. He's a, he's a jeweler in uh, Sydney. 
So he, he doesn't even have, have his own jewelry shop. He manages somebody else's jewelry shop. I don't remember much, but I remember. <laughs> I remember. I grew up just... to lead the great northern, uh, well, first shift at uh, Chris, Chris Johnson's Jewelers. That's right. K Jewelers hired me. Now, that's really funny. His IMDb photo is just his kid version screaming. <laughs> a close-up. Yeah, exactly. It's such a close-up of his face. Yeah, yeah just great. making a scream face. That Virginia Hay lady, the warrior woman, they call her. Yeah, yeah. She's an interesting-looking person. She is. And she's, yeah. uh, you know, uh, newer shots of her still still interesting. Yeah. Uh, Baby Spice, uh, Arky Whiteley, uh, sadly passed away. <laughs> Baby Spice. Aww. Baby Spice. Uh, sadly passed away in 2001, December 19th at the age of 37. Aww. Like, she, uh, oh, she put out a bunch. She's probably, out of everybody, the... the uh, the biggest chance of us to see in another film sack movie at some point, because she put out a bunch mm. of stuff. Probably Princess Caribou might be our <laughs> might be our, our closest chance to see her in something else. Though. Oh, weird. Kevin Klein and uh, Phoebe Cates thing that came out in nineteen ninety. What did she? Did it, does I, it say cause of death? That's awful young. I it is awful young. Died from I mean, oh for, adrenal cancer. Ugh, I don't like the sound oh, of that. Geez. No. For for that topic, we've already seen Bruce Spence in three other movies and Vernon Wells in three other movies. And I would guess Vernon Wells is actually the one we're most likely to see again. Uh, you know, because he just he managed to get into these movies like Commando and Inner Space and Space Truckers are the three that we've seen him in before. I'm trying to he, see he's, like, he he's in have, wow, is, can this be right? Have you seen his pre-production list? This yes, can't he's, be right. He's, the guy's got 231 credits on IMDb. I'm not kidding about like half this page is pre-production or announced <laughs> or post-production. What is he up to? Holy crap. Okay, I didn't realize that guy was working like this. Jeez. There's also You're also looking at this at the beginning of 2022 and IMDb has had a bunch of like a bunch of pre and post-production stuff all get stacked because of the pandemic. Yeah. Like, so a lot of, there's a lot of actors right now on IMDb that look like they're working on more things than they could possibly be just because they've been doing work, but the stuff hasn't come out yet. Yeah. But his in particular though, like, I don't know if you guys are looking at It's pretty impressive. It's crazy. I've never seen that. I've seen a lot of these where it's like, Oh, Tom Cruise has six things in the works. Okay. That makes sense. He's Tom Cruise. This is like, (laughs) <laughs> hundreds of things <laughs> yeah but when you've got an unusual look you know it it's a it's a way to uh also cement yourself in hollywood doug jones is a great example of this right like you can put doug jones in everything because he fits unusual size oh, yeah. uh costumes and he he you know can be super tall and skinny and well is super tall and skinny. yeah but yeah. uh and also has a has an agent that's working yeah like that's right it's clear yes. that it, that it's helps clear too. that yeah. vernon wells has an agent that is just putting him in everything they can get in yeah plus yep. you you, you yep. can do it with a fish man in the shape of water with that guy mm. <laughs> 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 i like i like him a lot but see like there even he's goes. only got one two three four five things in either pre-production post-production or filming status and you would expect a lot more for him, but that other guy, I got, I just got to say, I'm surprised Vernon Wells is like as prolific as he is. He's everywhere. Yeah, and you're right, Randy. He'll, we'll probably see more of him before we even care to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, what else? Um, uh, hitting. Oh, I wrote here, hitting cars in the front window with an exhaust pipe. Do not make it flip. I just want to put that down as, as oh, law. Yeah. Um, that made yeah. no sense to me. But what else? That's all I wrote. I didn't have any chicks in the I, bucket or anything. Everybody's well, yeah, it's funny because is as easy it would have been to have some chicks in the bucket because a lot of these characters were suffering through hours of scenes of being tortured and everything else. You're like, oh, but everybody gets uh even if it's a brief flash, everybody gets their comeuppance or you know, or gets their end. Even like the guys who are riding around the front of the cars for almost an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. They uh they smack the front of the uh the truck, right, or the back of the truck, right, uh, right, or yeah, wherever it was. I don't remember. I mean, but yeah, the, they they're they're not too worried about physics. I did think that my mm-hmm. viewing of Fury Road showed more adhesion to physics, but even it's got a lot of sure. magical physics in right. it, you know. But man, when they tear Morton Joe's face off, <laughs> it's so good. It's so I good. Guess this means that we don't need to watch Fury Road for film sack anytime. No, soon. no. I don't think we do anyway, just because <laughs> obviously it'll be ridiculous and everyone will hate it. Um, yeah. But I, yeah. I, it is. I do think it's a fun juxtaposition to have a movie this new and then one this old to compare. I don't know. There was something yeah. about doing that that, um, especially when you consider that George Miller had this sandwich of you know, Mad Max bread on one end and then a bunch of kids movies in the middle of his burger. Right, and then the other right. bun is another Mad Max movie. It's just, it's kind of crazy. And now he's working on the second Decker of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that true. Triple Decker Dagwood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which I would eat. I am ready to eat it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool, this is a cool movie. It informed yes. a lot of what my youth was and what I like now. Um, and it's the only time I ever laughed out loud in any of the Mad Max movies was in this film. Oh, t- okay. do tell. And what? I'm hoping it's the audio clip. I hope you have it as an audio clip, but it's the the going back and forth between uh, uh, leader of the Panera Bread refinery <laughs> and the mechanic uh, oh, yeah. as, they're yelling, as they're yelling back and forth. And then he says, uh, he needs 24 hours. 20, yeah, you got 12. Okay. Yeah, okay. That guy's okay is is been living rent free in a lot of heads for a lot of years. Here I have. You know what? I'll play it now. Let me just play it. Got a cracked timing case cover. It's broken a couple of teeth off the timing gear. The radiator's damaged at the core. It's got a cracked water pump. It's got a fractured. What does that mean? Twenty four hours. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. He is great. He's great. That guy. Yeah, I that love that he awesome. sounds like a thirteen-year-old. Everything yeah. about him. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, nothing not to like about that. You're right. This is the only funny. I'm trying to think here across all four movies, I think it's the only. Yeah. There might be something in Thunderdome, but I can't remember it. I can't remember uh, either. I know they reached for more jokes in Thunderdome. I don't think they landed though. That that actually, but there's just something about that guy. It's like, why yeah. can't the other guy yell anyway? You know, right, the, the guy right. whose hands are on fire Four people for two people to talk. Yeah. And that poor guy, he was like hanging in a noose or, or a sling or whatever. Oh, the little dangly bad leg dude. Yeah. yeah. The, that's almost a funny scene too, when he's on the back of the truck and there's the fire and his legs are on so fire proud. and he's like trying to bat him out with oven mitts. And then he holds up the oven mitts. And is like, Oh <laughs> yeah. A couple of good moments like that. Yeah. He looked like yeah. one of the perfect stranger actors, um, not Balky, the other one. <laughs> he looked like the like uh, brother or uh, cousin. Uh, cousin, what's his what's, name? Yeah, yeah, cousin, what's his name? I yeah. can't remember what his name was, but yeah. The guy who, uh, what was it, Zombieland? What was the movie where that guy turned out to be? Uh, no, it was uh, like the, uh, it was the, was uh, um, 
uh, the thing we were just talking about, uh, the leftovers. He they he was one of the leftovers. Right. Yeah, because Belky got taken, and everybody on the set, and all the directors, and everybody involved with Perfect Strangers <laughs> got taken, but him. It was the weirdest cameo or weirdest pull of a celebrity into a show like that. Because uh, and it yeah, somehow it was, worked. It was weird how that yeah, worked. Yeah, that, that show was great. You guys, it was so good. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. All right, uh, let's do some clips. Now I'm going to warn you, there aren't a ton. Okay. Yeah. It's just okay. a lot of people not saying things. We've already played a major piece of dialogue with that guy saying, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to play what I do have, and uh, it's mostly Bruce Spence. So enjoy these. Here's uh, Bruce Spence doing a weird something. <laughs> oh, laughing. He's making a weird laugh. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Right. Uh, here's some some gas reference. Looks like a cup of some gasoline, eh? Get some gasoline! Looks like Green. a cup of sesame gasoline, eh? I love it. Gasoline, eh? That's another... Then they, then they insinuate with the music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, here he is again. We've heard this, but I like to play it. Make I like that. It's almost Roscoe P. Coltrane. Like, it's a... Get on Flash. This is what you're supposed to... from what I've heard about... Oh yeah, of course. Them. Yeah, that show that was on during your other when well, you're watching Hollywood Squares. Love, love boat. Yeah, yeah, love boat. Uh, here's what you do when you see a Karen in a Walmart during the pandemic. Just walk away. Just do that. Don't fight. <laughs> Don't get involved. Just walk away. Right. You know, I, someone. I just want to. I, I just want to praise Ibit for uh, recreating that at the top of the show. That yeah, was, was really good. Really was, impressive. Was the uh, nice. was the reverb too much? I want to make sure. No, that it was perfect. Was perfect. Okay, it's, good. it's pretty I good. Sure yeah, you were able to hear. It modulated a little, but not too bad. It was good. Okay, good. Yeah, good. it was very funny. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's his name. <laughs> very sna- funny. Yeah, it's very, very funny. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something about a snake. Highest, highest praise. Yeah, the highest praise possible. Here's a snake yeah. clip. I snake. I trained it. I'm going to eat it. Jeez. Don't care oh, much I for your snake. Yeah. I enjoyed the snake scene. The snake, the snake sequence, I thought was very yeah. clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was kind of amazed by it because it just seemed like a real snake that might bite somebody. Yep, totally. all of it. Yeah, it is. It is what you would have to do in the wasteland, right? You booby trap your gas. You booby trap your your gyrocopter with a uh, uh, with a snake, or is it pronounced eurocopter? Is it a eurocopter? <laughs> it's a gyrocopter. <laughs> it's a eurocopter. That's right. Yeah, yeah only, lamb only if you're going to get yeah the lamb yeah. and the white sauce and eat mm, bread and yeah. tzatziki. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, that sorry. sounds good. Don't say those words. That sounds amazing right now. Does. Do you have a Do you have a Renzios near you? Uh, no, but I'll find an equivalent. Hell, Arby's has a decent euro these days. Anyway. That's true. Actually, they do. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry to. I'm sorry to repeat myself, but you really got to check your brain at the door on the idea of booby trapping your gas tank. Yeah. Come yeah. on, people. Yeah. Like the like how how does that work? How could you have a car with a bomb strapped to the gas tank wh- that didn't go off the first time you hit a big pothole? Well, <laughs> it had to be switched yeah. on, right? You had to arm it. So. Uh, I think that's a fair, that's a, it's an easier way to park my brain is saying you have to arm it first, which yes, is park your brain. You yeah. To. You get your hand under there. You got to flip the switch. There's a little bit of that in Fury Rover. She has to know the sequence to get the rig started and he can't drive yeah. it. They, they like that kind of stuff in these movies. Um, here's uh Oh, he's just, he felt like he was getting cheated because the shotgun was empty the whole time. So here's this low. Yeah, it was low. Low, yeah. low, you didn't name any bullets. <laughs> bullets, and your gun, and your gun. <laughs> He's is he the most Australian human on the planet? Honestly, he is. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I think we all thought 
us Americans all thought everybody was a lot more like uh, Paul Bruce Hogan Spence than than uh, Mel Gibson. Oh, right, right, yeah. I mean, and this, you know, Paul Hogan's a cartoon compared to any right. of these people. I think you're, if you're going to say, hey, hey, who best represents Australia in all the right ways? Yeah. It's Bruce Spence. Right. All the men look like Bruce Spence. All the women look like El McPherson. Yeah, it's, you know, it's uh, science. Yeah, and even has the the stereotype Bruce name. Like the guy's name Bruce. Right. Yeah. I know Bruce. Yeah, Ella, El McPherson's real name, I think, is Sheila. Is <laughs> Sheila yeah. <and> Bruce? <laughs> Bruce and Sheila. I forgot she was Australian. I didn't. I don't know. I love I it when Australian actors uh, sort of do their own accent and they kind of play it up. Yeah. You know, because like you might forget that the Hemsworths are Australian, but every now and then they're in some TikTok video, one of them, and they mm-hmm. they really sort of like lean into the accent. Yeah. It's very entertaining. Yeah, it's good, especially the ugly brother that was in Westworld. Anyway, Liam is that Liam? <laughs> no, it's Liam's a handsome you know, one. It's, I mean, it's uh, it's uh, Pete. Uh, Pete Hemsworth. It's not Pete Hemsworth. <laughs> is it? It's Chad Hemsworth. Chad Hem- Hemsworth has the <sighs> Chad Hemsworth has a bunch of tattoos. But if it and- weren't for Chris and Liam. We'd all think that, you know, the third Hemsworth brother, whose name none of us could remember, would be just a perfectly fine-looking guy. But just because he he was birthed out of the same womb that produced Chris and Liam. Oh, here it is. Luke. It's Luke Hemsworth. Luke Hemsworth, Hemsworth. yeah. Yeah. No, he's fine. He's just kind of a grizzly-looking dude. He's just not the same. And that's fine. I would, hey, if I could, if you could land Luke Hemsworth, you'd be doing fine. He's a good actor and he's, you know. Just, but you know, like every now and then, someone like Jeffrey Rush or or uh, like Eric Bana, you know, like they're in an interview and they decide to really, really push the accent. Yeah, I love that. I, I just, do too. I, I want. I think they should all do it more often. I feel like we don't see enough Jeffrey Rush these days. What's he doing? Oh, I agree. He's yeah. great. Freaking definitely top ten Australia's greatest actors. Oh yeah, Jeffrey Rush. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's easy. I think. Um. All right. Three more here. Uh, you can run, but you can't something. You, you can run, but you can't hide. It's great. You, you can't hide. It's yeah. Pretty can't hide. Yeah. I also like that, that it's I like for people to say you can run, but you can't hide. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he run, said, but, I like that he said yeah. you as if to say, oh, me? You can run. Yeah, you. You, but just you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> All the rest of you probably could still hide. But yeah. You. Yeah, and the guy in the sling, you're very you can't, recognizable. You can't run or hide if you're in the you sling. Can't run or hide. <laughs> <laughs> he can't though because he's got that. He's got that. He can't actually run either because he's got that thing on his leg, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, I think the video game. Oh yeah, the, yeah. What is the deal with that? The uh, the the leg brace thing that uh, Mel Gibson has throughout this. He doesn't have it in in um, at the end of. Dome. I thought no, no, no. He 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 works it off. Yeah, Hold on. but it's How? like his little run forest run brace thing that he's got. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that. That's that was not... at the end. He he got that at the end of the right. first one, right? Oh, right. he did. So, did he? Oh, yeah. I didn't remember yeah. that. All yeah. right. There are other there are other continuities with the first movie. I I looked yeah. this up. Um, the car, the right the right arm of his jacket is missing. Yeah, because it uh it, you know he, he had to have it cut off so that he could get treatment on it. Uh, at the uh, after it was injured in the first movie the first movie yeah, yeah. so yeah. uh the first movie huh. nobody here knew who this dude <laughs> nobody knew who this guy was until this movie you know like we right. we take it for granted now but no one knew i mean mad max other than australia he was a nobody this is what started his career really is yeah. is road warrior and now you know the rest is history now he hates all the Jews, and uh, it's great <laughs> he also he also clearly worked really hard to become a good actor Mm-hmm. Like the, it's very, it's very clear that throughout the eighties, right. He, he becomes better and better. 
as oh, an yeah, actor. He's, for sure. He, yeah. wa- he was not, he just didn't pop into this universe as a great actor. Like yeah. the guy, the guy is, you know, he's a, he, he photographs well, but you know, he's got, he's got some work to do. We got to watch, have a great career. We got to watch payback. Can we please get that on the list? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So good in payback. I love yeah. payback so much. Uh, I think by the movie. there's a revenge story. Yeah. And I also want to talk about how payback is about all the other characters. Like that's, I feel like, I feel like payback is great because he, okay. he, he keeps interacting okay. with these weirdos. <laughs> like that guy. Okay. Okay. Um, we can talk about that. Okay. Here's a, uh, oh, this music reminded me of the aliens scene when they blow, they're about to blow up the, the, the place and Bishop's flying Bishop's in the pilot seat and, and Ripley barely got out of there with Newt and everybody. This is like that famous music treatment. This sounded like that to me. So here. Yeah. Yeah. See what I mean? That whole dun 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 yeah. dun, dun, all, dun. Of it, all of it sounds like Buck Rogers to me. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's not the strongest also, part of the also film. a little bit like Star Trek the original series. Yeah, a yeah. Bit. oh yeah. There's some, there's some like if you play that again and you imagine Kirk is fighting an alien. Yeah, you with can hear like, it. Hand weapons. Yeah, it's like Spock. Spock. Yeah, yeah, it's right. totally. Totally a little overwrought. Oh yeah, the Gorn the Gorn fight kind of has that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, how about this bit? This sounds like Star Wars to me. Yes, so Star Wars. No way. That's from this? Yep. Yes, yes, I would I would have said you just pulled that from Star Wars. You're trying to make us think that's That's, from Star Wars. That's what I wrote down. Yeah. This is straight straight up rip off of a riff. It's a riff off. It's a riff off. A riff off. Full on riff off. (laughs) Isn't that crazy? I know. I heard that went, oh, you guys, I see what you did there. You guys are basking in a couple of years of the Star Wars glow and you're trying to, and then, you know, they started using wipes and everybody looked like Tatooine stuff. I think there was a real influence going on there, which is fine because Star Wars ripped off a million other ideas. So who cares? Let them all iterate on each other. It's all good. Uh, All right. That's your clips. Now time for this. It's the Film Sack Checklist. Everybody should have their own personal boomerang monkey boy. Check. <laughs> I always wanted my own weird, crappy mini helicopter. Check. And finally, no better way to piss off everyone watching than by killing the dog. Check. Oh, we knew True. that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like it, you though. Bastard. Should have let the dog live. Uh, Star Trek connections. I'm guessing there are very few, but Randy, do nothing, you have any? Absolutely nothing. No. And uh, like there is, it's, it's less than nothing. I couldn't even come up with a second degree connection like easily. Mm. I, I was, I was looking at things like, okay, so the composer of this movie is Brian May, but a different Brian May. What oh, if, okay. what if I was I, wondering if it really was the actual Brian yeah, May? No, it's an yeah. Australian orchestra composer who like he he did a lot of a lot of movies but but like what if it was queen's brian may was he yeah. attached to anything from star trek nope nothing there are no <laughs> connections to star trek so not Apparently, even not even weldon whatever not weldon nope. uh weston and, hey, hey uh, wes that guy he's yeah. not in any star uh, wars or yeah trek, star rather? trek. It, and it's just it's just remarkable like for Mel Gibson's career, he did a lot of work. He did a lot of like cameos and stuff. He never even once had like a tertiary connection to Star Trek. No, nothing. Sorry. Mm. Okay. I don't know. Get out of here. Yeah. Got nothing for you. Go home. Yeah, nothing it's, for you. This is what happens when we watch a foreign film. And it, this really yeah. is 
like yeah. it's legit foreign movie. Like I, I know it's in English, but it's about as far away as you can go to make a movie. Oh yeah. We knew so little about Australia in 1980. Like it seems yeah. strange to say it now, but we just didn't have the kind of world we have now where everyone's so connected and it's all crossover and half our, half the actors in Hollywood are from Australia these days, but back then it wasn't that way. And so this all seems so strange and foreign and yeah. the, the accent alone, Bruce spent saying anything was just like, what alien is this? And how did he get to right. our planet? All four of us turned on the subtitles. No. Absolutely. No. Oh, I didn't. I don't know why I didn't, but I didn't need to for this I one. Yeah. I didn't actually turn mine on, but it was already on. And usually I turn it right off, but I was like, mm, I'm going to allow it. Just let it. Yeah, so yeah. We, we watched this on HBO Mad Max. And uh, that's there's some subtitling <laughs> that's questionable on HBO. Oh. I'm telling oh, you. Oh, really? Okay. okay. Uh, and we've time. We talked about this recently. Like there's, there's like uh, things I've been watching recently on HBO where I'm like, why are they leaving out words? There's just words completely missing from the screen. I, I don't know. I guess maybe they think we can only read so much, mm. uh, but like this, this was spot on as far as I could see, like every, every subtitle there was, the, you know, I guess there, just cause there wasn't much to work with. Right. So mm-hmm. like, yeah. yeah. Oh, so I got, like, I got it. Here's your tangential star Trek connection. It just occurred to me. This is a Mad Max movie. They're all made by George Miller. He made Fury Road. Tom Hardy's in Fury Road. He played Shenzon, whatever his name was, in uh, Star Trek uh, Nemesis. Sure. His first major film. There you go. We did it. We made it. It happened. (laughs) Well done, Scott. Thank you. Uh, Soundtrack great. I'm going to give it an A-L-O for a little overwrought. Just a little Mm. little too much. And part of the problem here is not that it's a bad soundtrack. It's infinitely better than the first movie soundtrack. It's that Fury Road's soundtrack is embarrassingly good like it's really good it's it's uh, it's so we're grading on a curve i'm All telling right. you you have to you have to it's like saying star yeah. wars is as good if you didn't have the john williams uh music or the sound effects by what's his name like it's it hinges so much on that stuff i really feel that way about the soundtrack in Fury Road. My goodness, so good. I hope nobody is playing the uh, Mad Max Fury Road drinking game with today's <laughs> film sound. This is always Not a dangerous thing. It's always it's happens. Also, <laughs> like, I also keep wincing because Fury Road is 25 years newer than this. Yeah. And it, so it's like, it's like, you know, talking about, again, Star Wars Episode Four and talking about, you know, uh, Revenge of the Sith. Like, it just doesn't. Yeah, you know what I mean. Their like, Sith is bad. Episode four is good. I see. I just don't think that. Yeah. I don't think that compares because if 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 but, Revenge of the Sith was amazing, I could see your point, but it's not. Yeah. Well, let's just say it has better lightsaber battles or something. You know what I mean? Like I just like yeah, Fury Road has better music. Everything has better music, right? Like yeah, it's been yeah. it's been twenty five years. Like this is really an impressive score by by australia's yeah, Brian for its time it's in another good. 30 years ask me how i feel about junkie xl's you know fury road <laughs> soundtrack and i might i might say oh it's you know it hasn't held up or it's aged funny or something you're mm-hmm. you're right that's how things go over time but and, it is and really Aus- good australia's brian may by the way was responsible for the first one <laughs> that you don't like oh. uh also, uh, also the weird credit in between mad max and road warrior uh the blue lagoon is a oh really is a brand an Australian's brand. Australian's yeah. brand May production? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think you had to go by that name all the time so that no one Probably. was confused? Yeah. Australians Brian's May or Brian <laughs> I can't even yeah, do it right. Do it. <laughs> I can't even do poor, it right. Poor uh, guy, seriously good uh uh musician and composer and conductor and died at sixty two. Oh, Lord. Oh, like, uh, that's not good. Do you think all. they said who might we get to do our, our uh soundtrack? And somebody said, Oh, Brian May. 
Yeah, Brian might. <laughs> I'd say Brian might, but they're like, who's that? So you have to say, yeah, man. Yeah. Not Brian might. Brian might. Here's a, I just want to, here, I want to play a little something. Hold on. Let's just get this going. Here, hold on. Why isn't it playing? Okay, we're oh, You hear this? Oh. I am so wasted right now. I know, you sure right. wasted. <laughs> Let's see if we can find the, listen to this. Oh. Man, this Fury Road soundtrack is badass. Just go listen to it. It's so good. All right, moving on. What's uh, another what's another movie where a distant sequel like so long later was so much better? There's no what's such a, thing. I, what's another one with yeah. I I'm trying to think what it is. That's like, why I love this so much cuz there's there's just no other examples. Like as much as everyone liked this year's attempt at the Ghostbusters thing, Ghostbusters nobody's Afterlife. Yeah, nobody's yeah, saying it's, it's better than 84's it's Ghostbusters. Not. Imagine no. Like no. imagine if uh Never Say Never Again ended the James Bond franchise and that then movie years- is not canon and should never be ah, thought of as part I, of I realize the broccoli <laughs> There's a rule. Okay, I didn't know you were sensitive there. Let me touch that again. <laughs> yeah, Hear me out. Touch that that garbage. Hear me out. I want to. I want a shitty make, cover of Thunderball. Is what it is. Let me fix the. Let me fix the thought experiment then, so that you're not triggered. Imagine <laughs> if on her on her Majesty's Secret Service okay. had ended the James Bond franchise because it was like, oh, we're we're done here. We can't like we just can't we make any more of these yeah. for now. But then 25 years later, they made Casino Royale. Right, like that's right, the right. that's the kind of comparison we're talking about. Yeah, right? I think that's an okay comparison. The problem is there's yeah. just you know fifty of those, and so all, all the stuff in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, but as far as like a thing that wow, just gets rebirthed, scary. Yeah, well, it was scary. <laughs> <laughs> I like how Dunaway wants to just like knuckle into that wound and <laughs> just <laughs> let's hear it. Let's hear Brian squeal. Um, yeah, I don't know. I have no other good examples of this, and that's partly why yeah. I admire it so much. But. Yeah, I don't know. There's no other good. Yeah. Someone at home will write in and say, "Oh, you guys aren't thinking of this," and I'm sure we'll work it out. Yeah, I'd love to love to know what we're forgetting because I'm sure there is something. Else something out exists. Filmstack at gmail dot com. Yeah, right? yeah, it is correct. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, uh, the 2023 film uh, Godfather Four: The Godfathering. Ooh, that'll be great. Wait, did that happen? Yeah. That didn't really happen. Four. I mean, no, not the name, but there is no fourth movie, right? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing else planned. No, sadly. Yeah, they could do a TV show. And make it good, you know? Oh, they called it The Sopranos. They did. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> kind of in the mood for a rewatch of that. All right. Um, I am, too. I was actually thinking about that. Yeah. I don't know why I'm in the... I need some mobster shit. I don't know. I'm just yeah. in the mood for it. Um, all right. Let's move on to the uh, Twitter post. This is where you guys get to sum this damn thing up in 280 characters or less. And I think this week we will start... I mean, it's a new year and all. We'll, we'll start this time with Randy. Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior. And with this statement by me, we solemnly end our story. Surprise! I was the assless chaps all along. Oh, I'm sentient, okay. and I'm speaking to you now as a grown-up pair of assless chaps. <laughs> Cheerio! If you see assless chaps, does that mean you're looking at a bunch of British people with no butts? Is that what you're looking at? Ah, yes, exactly. Because they're chaps. Assless, assless chips. Yeah. By the way, uh, people are going to write in and say, it's redundant to say assless chaps because chaps have yes, no ass. Yes, they always do. But, yeah. but whatever, it's so fun to say assless chaps. It's so it much I more agree. fun. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and when you think of chaps, I mean, okay, so when you think of chaps, you immediately envision uh, somebody wearing pants and thin chaps. But yes, when you say correct. assless chaps, then you go, oh, Okay, no right. pants. Yeah. Right, no, that's absolutely right. You don't think of somebody wearing assless chaps but wearing pants underneath them. So it's really right. pantsless assless chaps. Right. Pantsless right. assless chaps. 
That's fun to say, too. It is. Pencils, assless chaps. <laughs> I like that a lot. All right. Brian Dunaway, you're up. Uh, Mad Max or the Road Warrior. If you're going to find yourself a biker boyfriend blonde cubine after the guzzling apocalypse, <laughs> then be sure to teach them how to duck. Ka-chunk, ka-chunk. <laughs> I like Blancubine. That's great. Yeah, what, a Blanc great what a great portmanteau. Yeah, very nicely done. Also, you really, both your intro and that really focused in. Yes. And, and, we didn't, and we haven't he talked about him otherwise. He is an enigma with yeah. no lines, yeah. right? Not a single word uttered by. Nope. Uh, what is going on in that beautiful yeah. head of his? Yeah. yeah. Not even a scream when he got hit with the thing. You know? no, no, yeah, no time for screams. And at the time, everybody was like thinking it was all controversial at the time. Like, oh, this is like his little concubine boyfriend thing, yeah, because right. you know it's the, it's yeah. 1980, and that's that's real wild back then. And um, but George Miller said in the well, if the trivia is to be believed, said that um, he saw it more of like a father figure type uh, relationship. But yeah, there's nothing right. said, so all you can do is world build however you're gonna and right. Sorry, George. Yeah. We went the other when way. When you're dressed like that, it's really hard to say, oh, what a sweet, really what a sweet little father-son <laughs> relationship they must yeah, have. Yeah, they probably go fishing yeah. after they go gas for the gas for the 15th time, and then they'll go fishing yeah. together. Probably probably more like a who's your daddy relationship if we're going on a uh, parental figure. Great. <laughs> uh, on that note, then, Brian Ibbett. <laughs> Mad Max 2 Road Warrior. Who's your daddy? No, just kidding. Uh, Mad <laughs> Max 2, The Road Warrior. For me, this movie gets an A. An A. An I. Nice. Nicely done. Because he says that. He goes, And then that. He said that. He likes to say a lot of things. I was amazed I didn't get a. There was no recording of an. Yeah, I didn't get that. I don't know why I didn't do that. You'd think I would have heard that and did that. That's right. No, it made it even better for my. Because it never got bred up, so it made it even better for my Twitter post. Very nice. Well, here's your alternate titles. These were just handed to me. This is definitely not my insurance card I'm holding up. This is a very. This is really important stuff. Um, <laughs> alternate titles, almost called The Adventures of Mad Max and the Smelly Wild Monkey Child, or Convoy 2. This time we're serious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I haven't had a Convoy reference in a while, so why not? All yeah. right. Um, yeah, we got a couple emails uh, this week. Emails from uh, Jason and Dan. I'm going to read both of these. These emails came to us at filmsack.gmail.com. Jason from Texas says, uh, you were all sacking Matrix Resurrections the other day with Randy, and he mentioned a movie called Iron Sky. I, it's funny to say with Randy, but anyway. Yeah, with Randy. Like, yeah. like special <laughs> guest star, Randy. Randy Jordan. Who did? Um, I watched it. It must be sacked. Prime kept recommending it to me because I watched The Expanse, but paid no attention until Randy said something. It's bad and yet so good. Love the show, Jason from Texas. So apparently, we need to put uh, what's it called? Where is it? Um, Iron Sky. Iron Sky I, in there. Yeah. Okay. Remind me. Iron okay. Sky. What was the deal there? It's a movie. Uh, it's got stuff. Is in that it. the my one first, on the moon? My first thought yeah. was it was the uh, ripoff Nazi. of Top Gun, but that's Iron Eagle. I don't uh, know. Nazis, uh, Nazis on the moon. It's Nazis, Nazis on, the moon. on the moon. That's right. Nazis yeah. Nazis on the moon. Is it really? I started watching this. What you take? Oh. Nazis on the moon. It's got uh, Udo Kier in it. We like him. He's that weird, uh. um, weird German actor. That's so weird. And yeah. I think the first time we had talked about this, <laughs> the first time we had talked about this was a while back. Is now it's 2012, so now it fits in perfect. I think we were a little bit nervous. Yeah, because when, it's so when new. we first started talking about it, because it's yeah. so new, we hadn't done any new things. Yeah. If you uh, if you don't know Udo Kier immediately, he's the German with the piercing blue eyes in mm. downsizing. Yeah, that's there you the, go. That's the guy. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, he's in a million things, but that's a good that's a yeah. good call out. Is, yeah. Uh, 
So, yes, that is a thing we should add to the list. We also got an email from Dan. Dan says, hello, Sackers. Just a quick comment about one of your observations. You asked why Neo uh, hadn't had any hints that others don't see him as his true self. They did have a quick blink and you'll miss it type scene for that. It was, uh, sorry, it was actually Trinity that that happened to. During their second meeting at the coffee shop when they were uh, getting to know each other, right about the time they showed Trinity's mismatched reflection on the table, she mentioned talking with a coworker about the Matrix game and asking them, quote, don't you think Trinity, Trinity looks like me? And the coworker laughed at her and she wanted to kick them. So in other words, she sees Trinity in the game as herself. But others right. see Trinity in the game, and it's nothing like her. So we get the Trinity side, just not the Neo side. Anyway, so Too I was addressed, convoluted. He says it was addressed in like passing, it. but it's something that you probably won't catch, or you'll probably only catch the third or fourth time you watch the yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, I have bad news for you. I am not watching yeah. the movie yeah. four times. That's, uh, hmm. Yeah, it wasn't good enough. All right. Yeah. So if you watch this movie once every eight years, no, I still can't get there. I'm sorry. Yeah, I can't do it either. Uh, but Dan, thank you. Um, I'm gonna. I'll probably watch The Matrix one many more times in my lifetime, but I'm. I think these sequels are probably done for me. <laughs> so, Scott, I, I I've always wanted to ask. I'm running in an email real quick here. Um, so we all know that you uh you rewatch movie certain movies. Certain there are movies. like a very yeah. short list of movies that you will just rewatch and rewatch yeah. and rewatch. Yeah. And we know about Fury Road. We know about uh, Waterworld. Yeah. What's like the fourth and fifth? Like the, what are the movies <laughs> past that on your list? Well, I can tell you the third is um. Blade is, Runner, is, right, Blade Runner, right? We, well, we Blade know, Runner, yeah. twenty forty nine in particular. I like it better oh, than yeah. the original. So yeah, but I'm I'm asking to get down the list a little ways. Are you know what? There's movies? our example, by the way. We had we were trying to find another one where it may oh, not be like yeah. superior by, by every stretch or anything, the distant but, cover, or but the an, distant uh, distant sequel. sequel that's excellent like that. I think that's yeah. a good example of it. Um, uh, okay, so yes, that's on the list. But Serenity, you totally skipped right over it. I'll watch Serenity any time of the day, any time of the night. If it's on, I'm watching it. I've seen it. I own it in every format. I've seen it, I don't know, 30 times, maybe. Something like that. I love Serenity. <laughs> I love it. I don't even need Firefly to love Serenity. That's how much I love it. Yeah. I think it's a, one of one of it's, the great movies. I've um, only watched the Firefly series through yeah. once. Oh, yeah. my I watched gosh. The, wow. I've watched the movie multiple times. Yeah. The movie's yeah. great. I've, I've probably watched Firefly, the series, ending with a watch of Serenity. I've probably done that 17 times. Yeah. Oh, wow. 100% worth it. There's no, it's no somewhere in the middle, three or four times. Yeah. 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 It's a single season, Only but twice it's a lot. The season, though. Yeah. It's a lot, though. It's a lot of content. I, I just think that movie is just infinitely rewatchable. I think it's Joss Whedon at his best. Uh, and I could watch it right now. Just talking about it makes me want to watch it. And I love, me, the, I love that joke about how, a, how, how do reavers clean their clean their spears? Yeah, their harpoons. They put them through the wash. They how do they put them through the wash? How do they repair these ships? How do they know how to fly them? It's the reavers are great, man. They're a bunch of zambies, space zambies. Nothing wrong with, with that. With some amazing technological know-how. Oh, they stabbed me with a sword. Stabbed me with a. They stabbed me, Mel. Stabbed me with a sword. It's an amazing line. Oh, it's so good. That movie's so good. And that's the first time I ever saw Idjid Defor Tejewell or whatever his name is. <laughs> Fidget Fidjibador Bejewell. Yeah. Let's yeah. so so more. A few more uh, syllables in there. <laughs> I just getting back to the question. I just want a fifth. I want a fifth example of something that you have watched many, many times. Because whenever it's on. Okay. So one more thing. All right. Um. Oh, that's hard. Um, Empire Strikes Okay, so maybe, Empire maybe the first, uh, but maybe these first four things are so, like, you watch them so often, you really just don't have time. Well, that, there's, there is something to be with that, but I would say I, I could watch um, 
um, I mean, and we're not talking TV here. So I, you know, Empire Strikes Back's on that list for sure. I could watch that anytime. More than any other Star Wars movies, that one could be the one I would pick. Um, and then if there's anything else, maybe. Oh, geez, I don't feel this way about a lot of comedies and stuff. And I'm not counting like yearly Christmas things. I think that might be it as far as like drop dead. Let's go. Let's watch it. And I'm sure uh, the Matrix is kind of up there. The original. Um, I don't not lately so much. And the sequels did kind of sour me on them. But but I do love that movie. That first my kids tell me that the original Matrix, I quote, boring really Aww. wow what is wrong with this generation boring. what are they doing nothing. Well, because so many things have come out since then yeah that, nothing that, yeah. yeah oh they, i see you know, so they've seen everything yeah. since then it's like that that got uh influenced by that and it's like oh we've yeah. seen that all before that's a really good point i hadn't thought of it that way but it yeah. sucks but it's <laughs> it is what it is what it is right yeah exactly uh well there you go emails are great we love them please send more filmsack at gmail.com our next movie is batman begins speaking of serenity year which is 2005 batman begins from 05 Woo! my son was five he's 21 now do the math uh yeah all right batman begins the uh christopher nolan the start of his illustrious run of three films and uh, we'll get to decide whether this was actually any good or not i remember loving it and i haven't seen it in a while so it's time when we when we started film sack i couldn't have imagined oh the rock sorry the rock you asked me what other movie i could watch any minute oh, of the day the there rock you go. yeah it's a good one sorry keep yeah. wow that I, came at us like out of nowhere sorry <laughs> like a, like a boomerang the to the, the head the <laughs> Jeez. i mentioned the rock i love the rock yeah i thought the list was over but never say never no. again i guess <laughs> anytime uh, i could watch the rock don't you dare randy <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like we're we're gonna do it batman begins how do we yeah, feel I, I will, i'm just saying like 10 years ago i could have never imagined sacking that movie like we were still so high on on it the sequel to it right like it and and now i look back and i'm like i've i haven't seen batman Begins. i'm looking i'm looking forward to talking about this everybody i knew loved batman begins i thought it was all right yeah, yeah. yeah. that's that's yeah. how it was for me too. I got taken right. to see this movie. Like I had some right. some friends who saw it the night it opened, and then wanted to go see it again the next day. And I had obviously hadn't seen it yet. And they were like, "Hey, we're gonna pick you up and take you to the movies. You got to see this." And I'm like, "Okay, all right." Like we had had a string right. of shitty Batman movies at that point. I wasn't rushing to the theater, right? Yeah, right. I mean, I was. I remember at the time thinking, "Well, this is the guy that did Memento. This will be interesting." And yeah, I remember Love really Memento. liking it. Yeah, I remember it feeling yeah. a little bit like um, they weren't getting Batman right. And I don't mean the overall film or tenor of the film. I just didn't know if Christian Bale was going to be my guy. And I'm still kind of not sure he was. I still kind of think, yeah. I don't know, you were a little Is thin. it pretty good, Bruce? But I'm with you. It's pretty good, Bruce. And we talk about this all the time, like Spider-Man movies and things. It's like an actor can play a really good part is the secret identity, but maybe not necessarily the hero sometimes. Yeah, so yeah. is, or vice versa. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely, there's something to that. Um, and you know, but George I think Cooney's my Batman, whatever. This is a good, yeah. <laughs> this is a good time for us to do this. Cause we got that new Batman coming up next year and it'll give yes, us the a Batman, you know, in March, you know, we have all sorts of expectations. <laughs> about it, what that is. Couldn't sound more. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. You guys are insane. I think it looks great. I'm going to go see it. Well, I love the Batman. I'm going to see it, but uh, going to see it. <laughs> yeah, you know why I'm excited? I'll tell you why. It's nothing to do with who's playing Batman or that we're retreading old material. It's that freaking 
Matt Reeves is making it, and that guy has made yeah. no nothing but great movies. He's an amazing director, and if you haven't seen those last two uh, Planet of the Apes remake things, they're amazing movies. They're really yeah. good, yeah. and he's got a they're taste really, for the really dark good. and for the twisted. And I just think this is my kind of Batman. So I just want the I just want the DCU to just pick a lane and stay in it for more than more than three movies, and <laughs> just keep it. and keep building on that universe instead of like, oh, what if we did this over here? With yeah, the but Joker? they've been and so bad. They were so bad. The the DC the the Snyderverse <sighs> yeah. stuff sucked. So yeah, I mean, yes, yes, I agree completely with you. I'm just like, it's, it comes down to the, uh, the big decisions, the big decisions. I don't think Robert Pattinson, Pattinson is who I want as my Bruce Wayne. I don't know yet. I think, I, be, think, I think it'd be great. I, I think that dude can act. Yeah. 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 The guy's got acting chops. Did you see what I'm saying? Like that's, it's the big decisions. Who, who directs the movies? Who writes the movies? Who's, who's our star? Yeah. Who watches the Watchmen? But no yeah, one ever I'm likes. i worried about. Yeah. I'm more worried about Colin Farrell as the penguin myself, but whatever. <laughs> I, I mean, it's such a transformation that I have to see how they do it. But, I, you know, yeah. I, get, I get where you're coming it's gonna from. It's going to be fascinating. Yeah. Because yeah. he looks nothing like himself. Yeah. yeah. Danny DeVito is my penguin. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I get just, it. I have... I, I just it. want I want Colin Farrell really going hard on his Irish accent as the penguin. That sounds yeah. really funny to me if he does that. Like go with full in Bruges and just like let her rip. That'd yeah. be cool. Yeah. Oh, that movie's good too. We'll That's another one I could watch anytime, by the way. Uh is is in Bruges. I could watch that right now. Oh, we got all sorts one. of things yeah. to talk about next week and uh start prepping this que- the answer to this question. Not, do not answer it now, Scott. Yeah. But prep the answer for next week. Uh-huh. Who would you uh, have rather seen over Christian Bale as Batman? Okay. Just think about it. Just think about it. Okay. We have to be in the headspace of like the early 2000s though, right? Mid 2000s. Okay. All right. I like that. That's a fun question. Let's look. We got some homework, everybody. Get in there and do it. I'm curious to see which Batman movie Scott immediately watches after he watches Batman Begins. (laughs) Yeah. 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 See, in that case, I don't feel motivated. Like I I do love Dark Knight. But I'm in, no, I'm in no rush to go rewatch it, so that's a really good question. Yeah. Scott's gonna watch Fury Road again, Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what course. I might watch? Good point. Good point. Yes, I might this watch. Put me in the mood to watch Fury Road. Maybe I'll watch the other Nolan Batman movie where he fights or he's up against the Wolverine, and also uh, Alf, Alfred's oh, there, and uh, who else is go. there? Yeah. Um, uh, Black Widow's in that one, and. Uh, who else? Aren't there other people that are like a superhero? Well, everyone's oh, yeah, a superhero a now. Star, or, uh, um, yeah, Black Widow. Oh, you said Black Widow. Yeah. Uh, Who else is in there? Uh, uh, David Bowie. David Bowie. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't any. He, he's not an MCU. He's he would have been. He if he would have stayed alive, he could have. He could have been an MCU. Easily guy. amazing. Nikola Tesla could have been any kind of evil dude. Yes. yes. Oh man. Yeah. He'd be a Hank Pym. I'd I would pick him as Hank Pym. Oh yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I would do that. All right. Anyway, uh, that's next week. Batman Begins uh, on FilmSack, which will also begin its Batman Begins coverage next week. So begin oh. being ready for that because it'll begin soon. All right, that's it for the show. Thanks for being here, everybody. FilmSack.com is our website. FilmSack at gmail.com is how you can email us. Find us on Twitter at FilmSack. And when you're leaving reviews on different services, Spotify, Apple podcasts uh, google play all that stuff leave us reviews that are positive because even if you don't like us just you know because <laughs> then like us. Just leave then, us some positive reviews yeah we, leave we, us positive ones you can stir this pot it, just, it helps yeah it helps get us going that's what i'm saying yeah. all right thanks yeah. so thank you all for listening for me for brian for brian and for randy i'm just here for the we'll gasoline see you next time <laughs> 
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. Just walk away. Okay.